stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Before we get into today's show, be the Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Go to the events tab to find exciting events we have coming up and also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out past editions of our show. We are thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California Legislature honoring Be the Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages, we will continue to empower. In today's segment, we will be reading The Gift of Literacy by Kimberly Morgan, who has written over 200 articles for print and online publications. Her stories include event coverage and exclusive interviews with celebrities and inspirational figures. Kimberly is a CSU LB graduate with a BA degree in journalism and strongly advocates education. At Be The Star You Are, she volunteers as a researcher. Let's begin with the chapter, The Gift of Literacy by Kimberly. Once upon a time is a phrase that, as a child, thrilled me more than the sound of an ice cream truck's jingle moving down my block. Sure, the arrival of a frozen sweet treat was tempting, but it never compared to the promise of a story, a journey upon which I could embark at any time, right in my own living room. Books have not only been a joy for me, but they also fostered my education and career. I achieved many great things in school and eventually became a writer because my parents started reading to me when I was a baby. Exposure to books at a very early age, combined with daily reading sessions, can make the process of mastering literacy easier and more natural. So I strongly believe that if we, as millennials, want our children to have a bright future, we need to plant the seed during their infancy. I was introduced to books when I was six months old. My parents often bring up fond memories of our story times when I would point at and name familiar objects and picture books, and my parents would read to me every day. Then, as a toddler, I would rush to the couch with my basket of books, laying myself down and excitedly chant to my father, books, books, books. Not only would he proceed to read every book, classics like Goodnight Moon, Love You Forever, and all of Dr. Seuss's stories, but he was required to read them twice, 
on a daily basis, along with the newspaper on the weekends. Being exposed to books every day as an infant paved the way for my successful education. I learned to read and write before I started school. Elementary school teachers dubbed me the best reader in the class. I was placed in advanced programs in middle school and high school. My academics resulted in a $2,000 scholarship and numerous awards. More rewarding than any of these, however, was the discovery of my calling at age 13, journalism. My passion for reading evolved into the desire to write for a living. I became features editor for my middle school and high school newspapers, writing and editing entertainment articles. Digital technology became more prominent at this time, so all of the work I did for the newspapers took place on the computer. I honed my craft while also improving my communication and computer skills, and I relished every second. I graduated from high school with high grades, earned journalism department medals, and was invited to attend a journalism conference at the Warner Bros. Studios. In college, I chose journalism as my major on the first day of freshman year without hesitation. Writing for the campus newspaper allowed me to cover events, attend concerts, and interview interesting and valuable community members. I was invited to join a National Society for Journalists and was placed on the Dean's Honor List multiple times. I reached the pinnacle of my achievements by obtaining my four-year degree in journalism. Feeling humbled to have experienced the wonders of literacy, I was eager to apply my skills to the workforce. There was no question about what I wanted to do after my education ended. I knew I wanted to keep writing. I became a freelance writer for a website that encouraged unique and compelling stories. I also worked an office job for more professional learning and experience, but Because I proved to the company early on that I could help promote its mission with my writing skill, I was asked to craft the content of the promotional materials. My work, the giant bookcases in my bedroom, and a fervent need to educate others demonstrate that I'm still passionate about literacy to this day. I don't think I've ever really had trouble with deciding what I wanted to do for a living, even as a child. Since the day my parents started reading to me, my destiny was solidified. When I was old enough to start taking my future career path seriously, I wanted to make a difference by writing. I wanted people to experience the same love for storytelling that I have done. I wanted to spark conversations through my writing. And above all, I wanted my work to be educational and entertaining. I cannot stress enough the importance of literacy for our children. This ability is required for them to be successful in school and in the workforce. It can also enrich their lives, allowing them to communicate clearly with others while boosting confidence and self-esteem. Still, many have struggled to obtain this skill, perhaps because they weren't consistently exposed to books early on. Don't wait until they're past the toddler stage. Babies begin forming basic habits and absorb information like a sponge. The key is to start reading to them early and read to them every day. Fortunately, in this digital age, improving your child's literacy has never been easier. Library computers, e-books and e-readers, literacy programs, apps, and the internet can make learning to read and write simple and fun. You can search for any of these helpful tools online. Of course, there will always be good old books. 
There's something wonderful about opening a book with your child and letting him or her turn the pages. Most bookstores have a children's area where your little ones can sit in colorful chairs and read age-appropriate books. Please take advantage of this incredibly enriching and bonding opportunity. Parents who start reading to their children during infancy are shaping a successful future for their education and career. If you're thinking about having a baby, this is definitely you need to plan on doing. To see a child achieve greatness and enrichment, pick up a book. Perhaps he or she too will excitedly chant, books, 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 and nourish your baby every day with the gift of literacy. And now for our exercise named Picture Book. A fun do-it-yourself project would be to make a simple book by gathering pictures of objects and people that your baby would recognize. For example, a toy or a family member. Search on the computer for pictures and print them, or you can also cut out pictures from magazine pages. Then put them in a photo album. Next to each picture, write the word that best describes it. Point to the pictures and say the words and names aloud to your little one. Encourage him or her to respond by asking about the words or names. These practice sessions will nurture your baby's basic reading habits and visual learning skills. Try to make time for this valuable experience on a daily basis. You can even do this project ahead of time if you're expecting or want to have a baby. Store your homemade book along with other books or a child-friendly e-reader if you'd prefer into a brightly colored plastic basket. And that's our chapter by Kimberly. I have to say that was very interesting and I could relate to it because my parents, ever since I was a child, would read books to me. Um, And a study that um, my AP psychology teacher, she discussed recently was that children who are read to during their infancy um, when they're born have a larger vocabulary and they score high on standardized tests and they have more advanced mathematical skills. So definitely, if you ever get a chance to read to a baby, definitely do that because it's going to be good in the long run. All right, make sure to watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world at starstylestore.net. I'm Siri Panindra, and this is Express Yourself. Be sure to stick around for more on the theme of literacy. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to the theme of literacy. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Siri Panindra, and in this segment, we will be interviewing our wonderful guest, Kyle C.A., an alternative pop musician who advanced from his YouTube blogs and his comedy skits. Kyle C.A. gains more attention with every heart-tugging ballad released. Since his first release in 2018, I Wish I Never Found You, a hurting emotional piano ballad, He's managed to rack up over 15,000 streams throughout his music. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I just wanted to get right into it. So my first question for you is, what got you into music? At what age did music come to you? And is music a stress reliever for you? Um, yeah, definitely. My, my family has always listened to music, so it's something that I always grew up listening to. Um, it was always a way, like... If I had a problem, if I was angry or something, I would always go to that. I would, when as a kid, I would always walk around my neighborhood just making up songs. And it sounds kind of stupid, but um, yeah, music has always <clears throat> music has always been in my family, and it's always been something. Uh, all my family followed the passion for it, but I know every single one of them has it. So it was always around um, as long as I can remember. Um, I write music when any significance happens to me and even when it doesn't it's just one of those things that I always fall to when I need you know a stress reliever or when I need Mm -hmm. to just be in the feels and feel everything out um it's also a way for me to uh kind of admit to myself things that are going on or you know come to realization about things it kind of clears my mind so yeah, I can relate to that. I actually play three instruments, and whenever I have a rough day at school, I just come home and start playing these chords on my guitar. So yeah. I definitely agree with you. Music takes me into like this whole new dimension where I forget about everything, and it's just like really relaxing, so I can relate. Um, so who gave you the support to keep writing in the beginning? Were your fa- was your family supportive? Were your friends supportive? Uh, yeah, well... When I when I was younger and I was always I've always wanted to it's like when I was eleven I think I wanted to beat Justin Bieber and being like mm-hmm. the first famous yeah, the youngest famous kid or whatever because um, he was thirteen I think when his first song came out and he hit big and I was like yeah well when I'm twelve I'm gonna hit big and <laughs> so all of my family just kind of laughed at me at the time um, but now it like they kind of all throughout they always listen to my music for me and they play it for their friends and they're always backing me up uh 
also my friends, they used to be like, be realistic. But as time went on, they kind of caught a love for it too. And they kind of started, everybody started backing me. And so, yeah, my, most of my support comes from my family and friends, but it was just something that had to, uh, kind of, they had to find a love for it too, um, to be able to do that for me. That's great that, you know, they were supporting you at the end and it was good that you stayed strong and they did not support you and it's just, it's great. So you're talking about Justin Bieber. Who would you say is your biggest influence or someone you look up to? Well, yeah, not Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> as a kid, I think it probably would have been like one of those kind of motivators, you know. But right now, the influencers that I have are people like Matt Mason or you know, Louis Capaldi, those people that, um, definitely songwriters, people who write their own music, of course, those people are, um, they motivate me because I wouldn't have ever started if it weren't for the people that, uh, I found out, oh, this person I love writes their own music. They write their own lyrics. They produce their own music. And it was one of those things where I used to wait around for somebody to come to me and be like, hey, let's make one of your songs. But, uh, those people made me realize that I could do it on my own and it doesn't, I don't have to wait around. Um, so yeah, people, Matt Mason, he, I, I just find his music to be incredibly deep and I always try to write songs like them. And like when I get into this mode of, I just want to write a song like them, it never comes out, but then I have to write a song like me and then I just put parts of them inside of it. And I, I really like what I come up with when I put everything together. So, Mm, so how do your ideas come to you? Like, do they just come out of nowhere or when you're doing something with other people? Like, where do you get that idea and that spark for a new song? Well, yeah, those things happen all the time. A lot of the time it comes from, uh, surprisingly, things, things that I've, I've done, uh, emotions that I'm just trying to get out, feelings that um, maybe guilt or it comes from just hurt or feeling somebody else's hurt. I like writing songs about um, stories that I hear too. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do, writing songs about other people's pain because I love... I love the feeling of when somebody listens and they it makes them feel better or they go to your music because, you know, it feels like somebody understands you. So I love writing about other people's stories and I like showing people kind of what my feelings mean to me and what other people mean to me. And the inspiration comes from uh, just admitting to myself those emotions because a lot of people close them off but bringing those out and admitting yourself that you have these emotions it 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 just drives you like it drives itself um i've tried to write songs just to write songs but my best songs never come out because Mm -hmm. i just wanted to write a song uh they came out at you know really late at night when i'm like in my emotions and i just need to get it out somehow and i just plop it out on the piano and and then it just drives itself from there yeah, I agree. Um, I find that whenever I am stressed or hurt, that's basically the best time when I could work. And if I didn't want to do homework, it really wouldn't happen unless I had the intention of. So I, I can totally agree. So let's talk about your song, Save Yourself. So what was the background uh-huh. behind that? What was the story? Yeah, Save Yourself. I, I wasn't around for 9-11, but um, in... Uh, 
in 11th grade, they we watched this video about 9-11, and they were this document of uh, people's, like, phones, you know, uh, filmed from their phones. Not the news, but uh, film like, a document, a documentary um, from everybody's perspective. And um, until then, I didn't really... I didn't really have anything to relate to because I, I, I wasn't alive during 9-11. I wasn't around during it. Um, I heard the stories and stuff, but I also had a grandparent and, um, and other family members who have gone to war. But at the time, I was just too young for it. And the song came from me realizing uh, how much people will lose in those kind of things. And I have lost people, um, not to war, but I have lost people. And I kind of brought it all together, and I wanted to write a meaningful song that wasn't about me necessarily, but about um, a really open subject that a lot of people could relate to, a lot of people could pull experiences from, whether it be war, whether it be um, any unnatural disaster, unnatural tragedy, and they could listen to this song, and it would mean something to them. So mm. That's great that you put your emotions into whatever you do, and that's, that's really great. And what would you say your favorite genre of music is? Would you say something like Save Yourself, or would you say pop? Like, what's your favorite genre? Um, I find the best songwriting, in my opinion, the best songwriting comes from either singer-songwriter or, honestly, alternative or um, that kind of feeling. I listen to pop a lot, which is why I bring kind of the the uh, elements, some elements of alternative and some elements of pop and put them together because um those are my that's my best way to bring out that emotion is through uh those kind of feelings and those tones of alternative music whether it's happy or sad and then maybe lyrics or melodies of pop and putting them together that's my favorite thing to do Mm, so what, what would you say your favorite part of songwriting is? Would it be when you just get the insight, like, oh, I'm going to do this song, or is it going to be the process or the end result? What is your most like favorite part? My favorite part has to be that moment in which you have this thing playing in your head, and you don't really know exactly what it is, but there's mm-hmm. something playing in your head, and the minute that you hear exactly what you wanted played back to you, it's that feeling of when you go... Yes, and then you throw your fist up in the air, and it just sounds exactly, exactly how you meant to say it, exactly how you meant it to feel. Um, that's my favorite part. I know that feeling a lot. Um, I am part of computer science at my school, and whenever I find out what I did wrong, it's like, oh yes, finally. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like a small thing, like forgetting a semicolon or something, yeah. but you know, I know that feeling. It feels really good. Um, so. What do you consider the worst experience in your life in your life and which song reflects that the most? Um that would have to be uh The Truth of Who I Became. It's one of my songs called The Truth of Who I Became. It never I never released it because it was one of those things it was it was almost too emotional for me to share to people and I'm trying to work on I I, I really want people to hear it, but it's it's more about things that I did things that I um I hurt people and I know I did but I did my best through all of it but I know I know the kind of person that it made me and I know um I feel the guilt I know how much I hurt because I hurt um I hurt knowing that I hurt somebody else and it's a song basically trying to say that 
Um, I know that, and I'm realizing that, and I'm taking responsibility. Um, it the main experience that I derived it from was uh, it was one of my relationships in which I simply couldn't make a decision, um, and I would bounce back and forth between two different things, and it would just hurt other people, and it would mess them up, and I tried my best to just get away from it, but um, I kept being selfish about it, and I kept just trying to get what I wanted, and at the end of it, I I made that song, and it, it was kind of a way for me to just forgive myself and let it all go, so... Mm-hmm. It sounds meaningful. So when you were working on this song, um, so you said that you didn't release it. Did you end up releasing it? Uh, no, not yet. It's it's still mm-hmm. on the hold. I I really want it to be heard, but I, I kind of don't know how to go about, go about it. Yeah, sometimes we need to keep things to ourselves, and sometimes we need to, you know, do it. Um, so which of your songs would you say is your most favorite and something that you listen to every single day and it's like your go-to song from your, um, one of your songs? Hmm. Uh, definitely. I, I would say from the newest songs that I've made are my favorite so far. And I think that's just because I've matured more as an artist. Um, it's my song called chaos. It's, it's a, it's, it's a bass song. It's got a, it's got a bass and it's got really big, almost Phil Collin feeling drums. And I don't know. I think something about the way I, the way I went about it, the instrumental and the drums. And because I can't play actual drums, but I think I did a really good job at playing the uh, drums on, you know, a drum pad. And I love, I love. Uh, the writing in it, probably my favorite part. I every time I listen to it, I'm like, bars, poetry, and <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't do that in a lot of my songs. But this one, every time, I'm like, okay, that hit deep. And maybe it's, it's, it's because it's, it, it really, that kind of those words that just came straight from my gut, straight from my heart, and it's into this song, and it's exactly what I wanted to say, and. I think it came together perfectly, exactly how I wanted it to come out. So That's really great. And um, a lot of artists, they only songwrite or they only sing. So what mm-hmm. do you prefer? Like, uh, do you have a tendency to do one or the other more and you're like enjoying that more? Um, I prefer to write all my own all my own music, all my own lyrics. Um, I do enjoy doing it for other people too um, because in, in a way it's, it's showing your talent and that kind of feeling of people, you know, looking to you for something is good. Um, but I also just like seeing them have the same feeling I do when I make it sound exactly how I, they didn't even know that they wanted it to sound. And uh, seeing that kind of look on their face it's 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 my favorite it's one of my favorite things so i do write songs for other people um but i i prefer to produce all of my own music and listen and sing all my own songs and um if i think there's something special about the music more than just singing over uh another song that somebody wrote for you uh in my opinion, the words do bring out a huge part of the emotion uh, and the melody, but the real feeling is in the music. And 
for me, that's that's the most important thing. Mm, yes, and even whenever I listen to songs, I can tell and connect to the emotions, and I feel like emotion is a huge part of any song or music. So you said you started singing um, at age 11 or around that time. Did you start by singing covers of other people's work or did you just get right in to start uh, to write your own music? Yeah, forever. The, for my, my, even as like a little kid, I was always writing my own songs, even, even if they were bad. Like <laughs> it was just <laughs> that feeling of, I wrote a song. Um, I didn't play any instruments though as a kid, so it was it was other people. Um, uh, but the minute that I learned how to, or I kind of I kind of taught myself how to play the piano, and that that opened up a whole new world for me because I would sing over other people's music, and I would always uh, find something else to fill the space. Um, uh, as time went on, though, I learned how to play the piano, and then it went into musical production. And uh, I don't sing a lot of covers, and um, a lot of people start out that way as singing covers. But um, I, I guess I never, I never felt like singing a cover showed what I was really feeling because when you listen to uh, songs, you have that emotion. But when you re-sing the song, it's almost like for me that emotion kind of changes a little bit because this song does is exactly what I want to say, but it's not me completely. Um, even if I make it put elements of Kyle CA into it, it's still, it's still not me. I didn't write it. And something about that just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't ever as satisfying as when I wrote my own music and I shared that to the world than just redoing somebody else's song. I guess so. I kind of agree because whenever you write your own music, it, you're putting your story into the music and whenever you sing, you can relate to it more. Mm -hmm. um, so what advice would you give to up-and-coming singers who are trying to get publicity and they're trying to, you know, get in the industry? What advice or what what would you do? What would you tell your previous, your younger self? Um, to tell my youngest self... I think it would be to not be afraid. My biggest thing, because people will say there's all these technical tips about promotion and stuff, but that that you can't even get that far if if you're too afraid. If you're too afraid to be you, if you're too afraid to show people what you have, if you're too afraid to you can't play if you can't play an instrument if you're too afraid to learn how to pick up an instrument or if you don't have the time to pick up an instrument um and you're too uh caught up in these other things um and you're you just you can't you don't want to teach yourself an instrument and um the best way to show people that you do stand out that you are something different is by is by not being afraid of putting that out there um, and it can be done by something like singing covers because everybody can't start by writing their own songs. You can learn how to pick up an instrument by writing covers and then putting it out there, not being afraid of what will come back because people might say that it's not good or they've heard better, but it's all a part of the growing process. And if you're too f afraid to do what it takes to grow, then you never will. And there you can go into... Um, like I said, the technical things of do this to become promoted, get this to get p more people to see you. But 
it it has to start with with your with your emotion with your music it has to start with you it, you have to have something to get out there and it, unless you pull that out of you and you're not afraid of what will come back at you if you're afraid to put something out because uh, you're afraid of what's going to come back to you then nothing will come back to you nothing good nothing bad but still it's nothing so that's why i think the biggest thing is to just not be afraid and just put it out there let it let it soar I agree. And when I was younger, I would always be scared of failure or rejection right. from someone. And <laughs> that really puts a barrier for whatever you do. Definitely. And you need to open up. And failure is like part of life, I believe. And it's in everyone's life. And for you to make your life more meaningful, mm-hmm. you need to take risks and expect failure. And that's just going to make you a better person. So that's that's really great advice. Um, so what artist would you like to collaborate with in the future? Ooh, there's a couple of people that I've thought about. It's like if I could, I would. Um, mm-hmm. I really like I really like Charlie Puth. Um, oh, <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, a big part is because he was one of the people who inspired me to start producing my own music and writing my own stuff. Um I listen to his songs like every day. Uh, he inspires me so much, and I look up to him a lot. Um, I kind of, it's almost one of those things where if I could show him how much I've grown, like, then I feel like for me it would just be an accomplishment for him to be kind of impressed with, like, this little kid. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if it were, if, if I had a choice, I would definitely probably, I would, I would collab with Charlie Puth. Oh, yeah, that would be a fantastic person because I love Charlie Poot, too. <laughs> um, so in the future, are you thinking of making another album? Yeah, uh, I have a lot of I'm always I always write songs, whether they're like halfway done songs or if they're full songs or maybe just like three chords I came up with. Um, but I'm always writing something. I do it every day. Uh so I have I have a ton. It's just it comes down to the songs that I feel are worth hearing, the songs that I feel are worth putting this energy into because if I don't feel like it's me, if I don't feel like it's if it's coming from the heart and then I don't I don't want to pursue it. Um so for me it just takes time to come up with an album of songs that really really show how I feel. Songs that aren't all about the same thing songs that have variety you know they're about different points in your life and not about one experience and you just wanted to make an album but it's an album about everything like oh um, so yeah so it's like a collage of pictures yeah like everything yeah so okay i have an interesting question um do you get inspiration from a place so, like, instead of sitting in the house, do you get more inspiration while you're outside with the nature? Um, I get a lot of inspiration from... I I take information not... or inspiration not from a place. Uh, I do take it from, like, I guess concerts. When I go to concerts, I always... I always love the feeling of watching people... Um, up on stage and that feeling of 
that's me like when i go up on stage and um having all these people that just love your music and then usually after i come home from a concert i'm on this high of like i have this new like motivation in me to just keep going you know so i can get to you know playing arenas or i can get to uh reaching out to a bigger audience so um yeah that's that's probably where i get most of my information that's from a place oh okay that's interesting um yeah i actually watched a movie the secret and it says that whatever you visualize will come true so that you now that you're visualizing yourself you know being up there and leading a concert i think that's a great way of you know reaching <laughs> your goals and yeah you know i feel like whenever i visualize something it happens more often and like a small little story we had a right. raffle at school and for some reason i visualized myself winning it and out of all odds i won a ticket out of 600 people and <laughs> I'm telling you visualization is really a great way so I really admire that. Um mm-hmm. so your name Kyle CA I was just wondering where does the CA come from? Uh, what does it mean? A lot of people think a lot of people think it means California and I get a lot of jokes about that. A lot of people just calling me Kyle California or Mr. Mm-hmm. California, but it actually means uh it's it's the first initial of my middle and last name so Christian and then Austin it's C and oh. then A I had a couple names that I was thinking of that I was just tossing around but um I felt like Kyle C I kind of the sound of the name just kind of brought out what you would expect from my music and it kind of showed me more instead of just being Kyle Austin or just Kyle or something um it was more of a unique way to show who I was so Mm. Okay, and your YouTube is also Kyle CA, right? Yeah. Yes, all right. Um so you participated in a competition for radio.com. So what was the process and how was the battle just out of curiosity? Yeah, um I was I was in a competition to be the opening act for the Hollywood Bowl um in California. Um so artists like Shawn Mendes, Marshmello, I think Camila Cabello, um and the Jonas brothers they were all playing on that stage and if you won you would just you would get $10,000 um and you would get to go play as the opening act there you would also be mentored by big names um so <clears throat> and a meet and greet uh the process was just i just signed up for it online at first i was like i probably um it was more of just a let's see what happens kind of a thing um but then when i got in i was i was incredibly motivated and i just started promoting it i was promoting it a ton trying to get people to go vote for me it was free um and i was just posting it every day my mom was posting it her friends started posting it um and it got spread a lot uh the problem with the competition was um you could actually pay for votes uh so oh. it was a voting comp it was a voting competition based on voting on how many votes you got so i made it to um i made it to the battle rounds of the finals uh which uh the finals was into like i think four groups and it was one on one in each group uh and i made it to those battle rounds but i i didn't end up winning uh because uh i think 
people were jumping around places. I think it came down to who had the most money, and that was just kind of... It was a good experience for me, though, because out of 20... <clears throat> 2,600 people in the competition, I made it to the top 16 people. And that, that alone, whether I won or not, that alone, like, it, it, it wowed me that I made it that far, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, 16 people out of 26,000? Yeah. That's, I think, I feel like that's winning, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, definitely. Getting, yeah, getting that far is, like, pretty amazing. And it's great that you, like had the opportunity to do that and did you get like a chance to perform in a, uh, in front of a lot of people while you were there um the i i didn't get to only the winners got to and the the thing that was hard about that is you know putting so much work into things i got to the point where i was like sending emails to like the the governor of like gilbert and like news stations trying to get them to promote me and uh i never I never ended up getting emails back, but it was it was a stretch, and I was just going for everything, and it was really hard to get that far and almost have, like, your emotions teased on you, like it's this close, but you miss it, you know? Um, so. But it's great that you made it that far, yeah. and congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so thank you, audience, for listening to our inspirational interview with Kyle C.A., for now, be sure to check out his Instagram at Kyle Austin. Uh, that's K Y L E A U S T I dot N or YouTube at Kyle C A. Support more segments like this one by donating to the Be the Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program. Be sure to stay for our next segment on literacy. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voiceamericaempowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to the theme of literacy. This is Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Siri Panidra, and on this segment, we will be continuing our theme of literacy, and we'll be having reporter Arjun with a segment on Innovation Nation. Take it away, Arjun. Hi, everyone. My name is Arjun Clare, and I'm happy to be coming to you again with another edition of Innovation Nation. I couldn't agree more with the importance that literacy and early childhood exposure to reading plays in a child's life. And it's awesome to see the way that innovation has changed in which young kids today get exposed to different reading materials, like through e-readers and via the internet. And in today's segment, I'm going to talk about how one pivotal innovation really impacted the literacy level at a global level. Let me take you all back just a little bit. Actually, a lot of it. So all the way back to about 1440. Well, why so far back? Well, before this particular time, there were only a few who were literate and could get their hands on books. Well, why? Because back in the Dark and Middle Ages, books were usually only owned by monasteries, educational institutions, or the wealthy, and most all the books were religious in nature. In some cases, a family might be lucky enough to own just one book, in which case it would be a copy of the Bible. And back then, several different materials were used to transcribe books, such as clay, papyrus, wax, and parchment. 
And it wasn't just anyone who was allowed to do this. This work was usually reserved for scribes who lived and worked in monasteries. And the monasteries had a special room called a scriptorium. There, in the scriptorium, the scribe worked in silence, first measuring and outlining the page layouts and then carefully copying by hand the text from another book. And then later, a person called an illuminator would take over to add designs and embellishments to the pages. So you can only imagine how expensive books were as a result of all this. And the byproduct of this was that the number of literate people was really low. As a matter of fact, in the 14th century, 80% of English adults couldn't even spell their own names. When Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1440, only about 30% of European adults were literate. The percentage for the world's population was less than half of that. What Gutenberg's printing press did was bring out a big change. His invention flooded Europe with printed material, and the literacy rates began to rise. Slowly, as the printing press became more common, the literacy rate across the globe began to change. At first, the noble classes looked down on Gutenberg's invention. To them, hand-inked books were a sign of luxury and grandeur, and it was no match for the cheaper mass-produced books. So press-printed materials were at first more popular with the lower classes. When word spread about the printing press, other print shops opened, and soon it developed into an entirely new trade, and printed text became a new way to spread information to vast audiences, both quickly and cheaply. And so an important side effect was that people could read and increase their knowledge more easily, where in the past, it was common for people to be quite uneducated. What the printing press did was increase literacy exponentially, and as a result, the discussion and development of new ideas. The printing press also helped standardize language, grammar, and spelling, while also being responsible for Latin's decline as other regional languages became the norm in locally printed materials. The printing press played a major role in, sh in shaping the Renaissance, which actually has interesting correlation to today's information or computer age. Just as Gutenberg's invention took the literacy level to new heights, the invention of the internet has had a similar effect on how quickly and cheaply information can be shared across the globe. And beyond the internet, the invention of modern mobile devices, which began with the first Apple iPhone being introduced in 2007. In my opinion, the mobile phone has quite literally been the most prolific invention of all time. I mean, think about it. It now allows someone to have access to almost any information at a time. 3.3 billion people, or about 43% of the world's population, has a smartphone. So what does this all mean? With about 87% of the world's population able to read, mobile devices allow access to information to further increase a person's knowledge. So today, there are things called MOOCs, or M-O-O-C, which stands for Massive Online Open Courses. And what these are, are college courses which anyone with internet access can take. So you can be sitting in a village in the Amazon and be enrolled in a course offered by a university on the other side of the globe. So in closing, to wrap this up, innovation has played and con continues to play an enormous part in helping the literacy rates continue to rise. Right now, the global literacy rate sits about 68, 86%. And although it's a shame this number isn't closer to 100, 
without the innovativeness of Gutenberg and his printing press and other continued innovations, the global literacy rate could very well be lower than where it is today. Wow, it's crazy. Just based on the history of books you talked about, I can say that we as a society have advanced a lot. And now we have so many different applica- um, applications for reading, like, you know, an iPhone or Kindle. So that's really fascinating. Um, I have a question for you, Arjun. Um, how is innovation playing a role in literacy today? Well, as I mentioned, technology has come a really long way in helping us have more access to more and more informa- information. And so technology can and is definitely being used as a tool both in and out of school settings. I mentioned MOOCs, which make college courses available to people all over the world. There's also things like Khan Academy, which essentially is an online tutoring service you can use for free for tons of different subject matters. But these technological tools and services, as great as they are, only work if the technology is available and accessible to people. And then people people have to have the skill to use the technology. So technology is great, but it does have some drawbacks. So another way to look is to look for more innovative analog solutions, something that doesn't use tech or is very low tech. And here, the U.S. Department of Education actually has a program called Innovative Innovative Approaches to Literacy. And their aim is to develop and improve literacy skills for children and students from birth through 12th grade and what they call high-need LEAs. LEAs stand for Local Educational Agencies. The goal of the department is to promote innovative literacy programs which support the development of literacy skills in low-income communities. In addition, the program is aimed at developing and making school library programs better because, unfortunately, there are schools across the nation which don't have high-quality literacy programs or even adequate supplies or qualified personnel. Part of the effort also includes an innovative pediatric literacy program where medical providers who are trained in research-based methods of early language and literacy promotion provide developmentally appropriate books and recommendations to parents to encourage them to read aloud to children starting when their kids are in infancy. And this is done during well-child visits. So when kids go in to see their pediatrician for a checkup. And then the last component of the program is to provide high-quality books on a regular basis to children and adolescents from low-income communities to increase reading motivation, performance, and frequency. Yeah, that was a really interesting discussion and uh, chapter you had there, Arjun. And I feel literacy is very important, and I'm so grateful to have access to a school library and a public library and just great advancements we made from, you know, the 18th century and all of that. Um, I'm Siri Panindra, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community, where teens talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, please go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Be happy, be empathetic, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself.